This podcast is offered by Wildflowers and Sangha. A Dharma Talk by Roshi Amy to SLA Hollowell. Good evening, everyone. For those of you who I haven't seen yet this week, uh, I wish you a very happy and healthy and safe new year. Um, And the question is always, so how do we begin this year? Uh, actually, the, the year began seven days ago, but this is our first gathering together where I'm asked to speak, to say something. So, um, I, um, So I've been thinking about uh, what is meditation practice. Um, and the best definition I can come up with is that it's a practice of coming home to yourself. Uh, coming home to uh, who you truly are. Uh, and what is right here now and discovering it moment to moment, say, something like that. I, um, I have been sitting with a quote from Marcel Proust, actually. I'll say it in French first because it's in French and then I will kind of badly translate it, but for those of you who speak and understand French, um, he says, the veritable voyage de découverte ne consiste pas à trouver de nouveaux paysages. Il consiste à trouver de nouveaux yeux. So, says the true voyage of discovery does not consist in finding new landscapes, new territory. It consists in finding new eyes. So that's what we do in our meditation practice. We, the territory, the landscape is already here. And as you know, I sometimes say, this, this where you are right now is the throne of enlightenment. This is the, the land of awakening, right where you are, your life just as it is. And as Proust says, we don't have to find another life. We don't have to be in another house. We don't have to be in another country, city, another time of day. We just have to open our eyes and see what is here and now. And if we see our meditation practice as that, then it becomes a, a practice of discovery, right? It becomes a voyage of discovery. 
what what's there now? What can I see now? Um, it's a it's a practice of appreciation, as the, the founder of our lineage in the West said. Appreciate your life. Your life just as it is. Appreciate it. Um, and as we chant at night, uh, don't squander your life. And our meditation practice is, is a practice of appreciating that, of appreciating our life, the wholeness, the oneness of it, uh, the perfection of it. Now, this does not mean when every time we sit on our cushion, we experience that. In fact, most of the time we don't, right? And yet, sometimes we stumble and there it is. Um, like James Joyce told someone about when he was writing one of his books, he said, I'm, I'm like a blind man in the street. I trip on something, I bend over, and discover that it's exactly what I was looking for. And so our practice is like that too. We're walking along, we're sitting there, not looking for anything in particular, or maybe we are looking for something, but if we are, we won't find it. Um, and suddenly something happens. Uh, Once for me, it was when my baby coughed. He was sitting, he was sleeping behind me, and he coughed. Um, could be uh, in a koan. It's like the striking of thunder. Um, it can be just your heartbeat. Anything. Um, and suddenly, there it is. Ah, oh, yes. And it's so fleeting and so quick that we don't even appreciate it usually. We just move on to something else. We're, by our meditation practice, we're cultivating our attention, our awareness, so that we pay more attention to those moments of oneness, of wholeness. But unfortunately, we live in a world where most of the time, most of the people are not paying attention to that. And we see in, you know, in, in a very grotesque way what happened yesterday in the United States of what we call ignorance, delusion of not seeing the wholeness, the oneness of life gives rise to conflict and violence. And it, it, you know, it was a tragic scene. Um, it's on very many levels. But from our Zen point of view, from our Zen practice, it's, it's a tragedy because it's such a, it's a tragedy, but it's also a teaching moment. As I'm always telling you, every moment is, there's a teaching in it. And the tragedy is that it's so clearly demonstrating an absence of awareness of the oneness of life in that kind of behavior and it's tragic to 
imagine what life is like when you don't realize the wholeness, the oneness, because we all know what that's like. When we live in strife within ourselves, or creating, living in anger, um, attacking other people, um, being dissatisfied and blaming others, uh, talking about other people's errors and faults, as we say in our precepts. Um, these all, this, this is all very painful behavior that creates suffering for ourselves and for others. And what we witnessed yesterday was that. Um, and our meditation practice is about looking into that and seeing where it is that we are stuck. Where is our delusion? Where is my um, ignorance? What am I not seeing? What am I not appreciating? It doesn't mean not seeing differences. You know, we have differences of opinion. Political, there are many different political parties. There are different ways of, of, um, of offering solutions to social, cultural, economic problems. But it does not have to lead to violence and conflict on the scale that we had yesterday. Um, so my point today is not to talk about what happened yesterday in Washington, um, but to just use that as a teaching moment again. And, um, and you know, Trump incites people to violence. I incite you to peace by sitting down, coming home to yourself, um, seeing the oneness, awaken to the oneness of life instead of focusing on the differences and the separations, which are very familiar to us. The oneness is less familiar, and that's why we need to cultivate it in, in a practice like this. Uh, so um, I've been thinking about that. Um, and What, what that means then for us uh, going into the new year and we have, you know, we make resolutions for ourselves and we, we say, oh yes, okay, this year I'm going to do this or that. Uh, and we take stock, we look back at what happened in the previous year and this Previous year was uh, very um, tumultuous, let's say, and um, I don't think any of us have fully processed what occurred. And you know, when we say the year, it's just a form that we use to divide things up, but the year is not actually over nothing has ended, nothing has really changed from December 31st to January 1. Um, and a practice that I do every year on New Year's Eve, which I've done probably now for 25 years, more or less, is 
from 11.30 on December 31st until 12.15, so 15 minutes into January 1, I do a meditation period. And it's a way for me to connect with the the unending movement of time, of life, of the moment, and at the same time, the, the absence of movement. There is no difference between 11.59 and midnight. It's just, it's a concept. And it's a very powerful experience to sit through that. Now, when we have Zen retreats and we do that, when we have had a few of them, um, with my teacher and Donna, we used to do them in the Zen Center. And then um, I did one once, oh, you know, 15 years ago, I think. And I was very disappointed because hardly anyone came. So I decided I wouldn't do it anymore. Um, people have other stuff to do, right? And they prefer not to do that. So, um, But when we do it, we ring the bell. 108 times at midnight um, and chant the Enmei Juko Kanemgyo. Sometimes we've chanted the Enmei Juko 108 times and sometimes we've rung the bell 108 times. But it's traditional in Zen monasteries to ring the bell 108 times. So um, that's also very powerful. Uh, call to awaken and to be to dwell in this place of non-dwelling um, to come home to right here now which is changing all the time right so means coming home to nowhere fixed um, which means that you're home wherever you are because you don't have a fixed place that's your home and I'm not talking about the apartments and houses that you're sitting in right now. That is your physical home in the, in the world of separation, but the true home is here. Um, and that's a really powerful meditation, actually, to do that. To sit and say, this is my home, where I am, wherever I am. Um, or to say, what does she mean coming home to myself? And look into that. Discover it in a different way than what we usually think. When I did that meditation with, with migrants, with refugees, it was unbelievably powerful. Some of them, and I know because I could see it in their eyes, actually had that experience of being home right there where we were and said one of them came to me after and he said wow um, we should do this more often of course he was leaving in five days so i could never saw him again and i said to him you can take it with you wherever you are it's where you are wherever you go you know and this is a hard thing to say to someone who has left everything um, their country their families their towns their work 
um, everything they've ever known and migrating endlessly. Um, not knowing where they were sleep the next night. And yet he had an experience of that, I'm sure he did, of being home in himself. Um, and then it, that is what, um, what we can call the, the greatest happiness. You know, we're always looking to be happy. But that's where the greatest happiness is. It's not dependent on something outside yourself, on an achievement, on a job, on a car, on a partner, um, on a successful cake that you baked, or a failed cake, uh, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't depend on any of that. And then you dwell in peace and you are dwelling in happiness there. It doesn't mean you're always happy. But your heart is not disturbed by that, by the, 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 the waves of the ups and downs and the sorrows of sadness. Um, you still feel them. In fact, you probably feel them even more but you're not disturbed by them. So maybe that's what um, I would say is when I say that I wish you a healthy, happy, and safe new year, that's what I wish for you. Um, because then there is safety. Um, you know, health, uh, what do we mean by health? Of course, we mean the health of your body, your physical body and your mind. Um, but maybe the true health is no matter what is happening with you in sickness or in health, you're dwelling in peace. That's true health, maybe. Um, So, uh, I guess maybe that's, maybe I'll stop there and let you have asked some questions. And maybe there will be other things that will come up or share something that you would like to, if you would like to share something. Grisha, yeah. Good evening, everyone. Lovely to see you all. Busy uh, in English, have uh, uh, a happy new year. <laughs> really conservative in, in English. <laughs> what do you say in Portuguese? Ah, desejo a todos um, um feliz 2001 do, do coração, corra mesmo bem e, e que estamos cá todos para viver em conjunto com esta sangue e obrigada pelo vosso suporte. It's a little different. 
but it's something from the heart and uh, and thank you for the sangha and for all the support that you may be through all my ear and uh, me with you too. <laughs> uh, I would like to ask, I, I don't know if I understand, about the immigrants uh, being at home meditation. Um, was it kind of guided? Like, did you give some guidelines? And if so, could you disclose her a bit more? Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, it was meditation. I offered meditation once a week in this center where there were migrants. And um, it was never the same guys because they were only there for five, ten days maximum. And it was all men. And we often didn't have a common language. Sometimes there was usually somebody who spoke English and sometimes someone who spoke French. And um, so there would be like a mix of speaking in different languages and then whoever the guy who spoke French would translate it to his friend who didn't speak French or English and whatever. Um, so I had to keep it very basic. And we were sitting in chairs in this big um, uh, deserted warehouse that was open to the, you know, the sides were open, open air to the street, to the outside. And um, it was wintertime, so it was cold. Uh, and there were people walking by inside, going to their rooms and going various places. So it wasn't at all a zendo. You know, like we think of a Zendo being. And uh, so I kept it very basic. You know, I just showed them how to sit and put their hands on their knees. Um, uh, told them, you know, as kind of showing them to, you know, do their breath. And then, you know, like this. Um, and told them to keep their eyes open, you know, showed them to keep, I, you know, I did it showing actually, really. And so we did that. And then I showed them how to do kinhin. So we walked around the outside of the circle, around our chairs, doing a, a kinhin meditation, walking. And then we sat down and I said, okay, let's do this again. And we did it for 10 minutes again. And then um, I, you know, I kind of, looked up after and I could see on some of the faces, they were just radiant, beaming, some of them. And that's when the French guy said to me, he, he was actually I think, from Ivory Coast, I think in Africa. And he said to me in French um, that, you know, he said, that was amazing um can we do this more often or something and i said and i said to him but i also said it to everyone um i was very moved i was almost crying you know um, i said you know i said this is this is your home what you just experienced this is home and wherever you go that's home you can come back to that anytime 
Um, so I just gave them the same instructions that I give everyone. And it was the same practice. In the heart of life. Yep. was Absolutely. And it was no problem, actually, sitting there in the middle. People walking by were looking like we were crazy, I think, because it was so unusual for that place. But, you know, these guys, they've seen everything, believe me. So they didn't care. <laughs> Thank you. Maria? Hi, hi everyone. Um, could you could you explain a little or uh, talk a little more about uh, feeling the pain and the sorrow, or even feeling feeling more the pain and the sorrow, but not being if, um, disturbed by it? How uh, I mean, um, it's a little bit confusing you can feel the, the pain or the sorrow but you are not disturbed by it mm -hmm. how does it translate i mean yeah well you know it's a good question because we immediately think of when there's we don't want pain or sorrow and so we think of it as a disturbance right it's it's bothering us because we don't want it um and joy and happiness we don't think is a disturbance because we want it usually um, unless it's disturbing our pain and sorrow and we want the pain and sorrow and so then we are disturbed by the happiness which also happens it sounds crazy but it does happen um, we don't want to be happy um, so it just involves um, let's say uh, acknowledging the pain and the sorrow. Uh, and I wouldn't say welcome it in the sense of saying, yes, I love this, let's bring it on, you know. Um, it's more like uh, um, recognizing it for what it is and seeing, oh, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling sorrow. Uh, or this is painful, I'm feeling pain, but not indulging in it um, and not trying to deny it. So I say try to deny it because it really can't be denied, but we can make a big effort to deny it. Um, means just be letting it be. Um, and being it entirely. So when you're sad, just be sad. And when you're happy, just be happy. Um, nothing more, nothing less. This sounds very conceptual. Um, but if you, you know, if you try it, if you allow it to have its place, um, instead of allowing it to take everything over that's when it becomes a problem is when everything is taken over by it um, it's just another emotion it's like a cloud in the sky passing it's impermanent it will not last and it has its place it's a 
you're responding to something and that's just your, your responses so if we can see it um not as something solid and not who we are um not limiting ourselves to that then we have a better chance of not being disturbed by it and i you know i, I realize this is a, just a bunch of words so you have to try it for yourself you know kind of hear these words and then you don't really get it so look into it yourself or even if you do get it look into it for yourself thank you I have this image on my wall that I will show you. That I made after I did that meditation with those guys. And I wrote an article about that. And it was published in a book, in a magazine. And I made this image to go with it. And it's a collage, right? So it's not, you probably won't really be able to see it so well. But um, can you see kind of, or is it? So there's the top of it, and you can see that there's pictures of guy of migrants at the center where I worked. Um, you can see that Buddha image in the background, kind of overlooking the whole thing. Then there's the center. This was the place where it was. This is the warehouse where we were. Um, again, some of the migrants here and so on a boat you know that i took i found this picture of migrants in the mediterranean on a boat and um you can't really see it very well there's a map in there um, chairs here a row of chairs because we were sitting in chairs and so it's my collage that represents that experience and I gave it a name and suddenly I can't remember what it is. I think it's something like. Yeah, I think I think it has something to do with like coming home or something like that. Debbie? And were there any of them that couldn't find their home having lived that life? Um, probably. Yeah. They, they, yeah, I probably. Um, there was one guy who got up 
after sitting for about five minutes and left. Um, and, you know, maybe others, nothing happened. You know, it was just, they had nothing else to do for that 45 minutes. So they came there and then they went on to something else, you know, um, which is okay too. You know? Joa? Yes, hello everyone. Um, yeah, Happy New Year to the ones that I haven't seen. Um, it has been, um, again, I keep saying that, but it has been really lovely to just uh, sit with everyone and, um, and to know that everyone is sitting somewhere else in, in the planet. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was thinking of what you just said, Roshi, coming home to yourself. And just one, what strikes me is that it seems to appear that that expression of coming home to you, going home, of going home to yourself, that we're going back to a fixed place. And obviously it's not. And I also very like the expression there's even one koan about it like we're dwelling dwelling in nowhere going home means also like we're going back to the place that we're that is not fixed which is ourselves um so that's it's we're going home to a place that has no ground also huh. and that that seems to appear as a that seems to appear as a paradox but really the experience of uh, of, of uh, I, I was uh, of ourself is is something like not mine nothing that that i can hold on to and uh, i was reminded today um by a conversation that took place about this uh, there used to be in the at some point um, a technique that was called intensive enlightenment. <laughs> what a really bad name, intensive enlightenment. This was a a technique that was uh, that was um, that there was there was a seminar that where would you would talk to someone and uh, you would keep asking yourself the question. Oh, you were asking the the person to ask you the question, tell me who you are. In a way, what we do in Cohen's, in the Cohen practice, and we would answer to whatever comes up. And obviously that is like an endless job. As soon as you answer that question of who you are, then you can also ask again the question and something up will come up. Tell me who you, you who you truly are. So it's like this really dwelling in, in, in nowhere, really.
it's uh, also uh, a little bit uh, acknowledged acknowledged um, mm -hmm. our body with the um, Cohen's with with the uh, thinking uh, about these words in by Cohen's uh, we work a little uh, a time with this um, and then they become something uh, from us it's like a, a feeling from this um, the thunder strike the, the striking of thunder who opened the gates uh, the um, at crown it's like uh, um, After to make this Cohen, we feel that <laughs> we feel this place, we feel this uh, this moment uh, near us, uh, and it's um, it becomes um, also home because we. Uh, we understand where by feeling the words, we understand the, these words with our body. I don't know, <laughs> it's, um, it's nearby me, this, um, this uh, striking of uh, thunder. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's that that's why you know the Buddha all the way back said, "Don't don't believe what I'm telling you. Find out for yourselves, because it uh, it is it's an experience within you, and the words sound differently than when you've had that experience of them. Um, and the only way you can truly know something is by having the experience of it. You can learn about it in books." You can read recipes, but you have to actually make them and eat the food in order to taste what it is. The recipe may look fabulous, um, but you have to do it and eat it. Otherwise, it's only partial. And that's what I hear from Sue, too, is that, you know, it's different once you've experienced it. And uh, I'm I'm here in Wildflower. I think uh, ten years, elf years, and uh, before that, I was always uh, very instable. I take uh, antidepressive. I take um, um, antidepressive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes and I was uh, all the time very, and after that, after 
Joana bring me in this <laughs> retreat, uh, seven days in silence. Uh, after that, I, I think I, uh, I have learned to deal with that. Um, uh, another way, another way. It's um, don't um, bring me uh, I don't run away when I have problems. I don't run away. <laughs> I don't have uh, a place to where to run. I, I, I stay with the problems, <laughs> and it's a it's a not a, a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. Thank you. Yeah, because ultimately there is nowhere to go. As I say, that's the good news and the bad news. The bad news is you can't, there's nowhere to go. The good news is there's nowhere to go because you're already there. So. You just need new eyes. Thank you. Okay, well, um, we can end there unless someone has something they want to add. Uh, I hope that everyone received the mailing that we sent with the schedule for the coming year. I've surprisingly, some people have said they didn't get it, but then they found it in a different folder or in the spam or something. So um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> write to us at wildflower and we'll send it to you because i'm assuming you're on our mailing list if you're sitting here so um and we look forward to being with you uh, daily and at the weekends that we organize and hopefully at some point maybe in june we will be all together in portugal maybe hopefully in august i mean we're really counting on august in france for joe's transmission um so but we're here every day except uh saturday and sunday so um we're all together thank you we'll end with the vows